I know it's your profile, but really it's not about you because you're wanting other people to respond to you and choose you, whether it's choose you as a speaker, choose you as a service provider, or choose you as somebody they're going to quote as an expert, but it's really about them. So now you need to be writing this for them. What's up? It's Katie Kremitzos. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. This podcast is here so that you have easy access to education, strategies, and an entire community of fellow women entrepreneurs who are just as ambitious and high performing as you are. I believe that our businesses are vehicles that we get to use powerfully to design lives that are purposeful and profitable. But guess what? That journey is not a straight line, which is why this podcast and the entire Biz Women Rock community exists, because this is where you're going to find how to continue dealing with and showing up for all of those ups and downs along your journey. So welcome. I am so honored that you are here. If you haven't already, I invite you to come join our free private Facebook group, bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. In there, you're going to find thousands of other high-performing women entrepreneurs just like you who are passionate about continuing their business journeys purposefully. So come on and join us. I look forward to getting to know you there. Becky Mollenkamp has been an active member of the Biz Women Rock community for quite some time. And I proudly watched as she started a Facebook group called Own It, Crush It!, a community for women entrepreneurs, and is crushing it herself as its leader of over 2,000 women. As I've gotten to know Becky better, it's become clear that she has a ton of knowledge about LinkedIn. And because I'm always trying to inspire myself and you to up our game on LinkedIn, a social media platform that I not so secretly do not enjoy, I invited her on to share her wisdom. And let me tell you, she delivers the goods, not even in the step-by-step, which she absolutely gets into, but the overall attitude with which to approach LinkedIn. My favorite nugget is the fact that when people are on LinkedIn, they are in there to do business, which is a great thing for you because when they're looking at your profile, commenting on your posts or messaging you, they are in the business mode. In this interview, Becky walks us through a few major steps on how to best optimize your LinkedIn profile so you can be found by people looking for exactly what you provide. Products, services, speaking opportunities, and featured press opportunities too. The strategies that she gives during this interview are super easy to implement. So sit back and enjoy this awesome conversation with the amazing Becky Mollenkamp. Becky, what's going on, girl? Hey, how are you? Thanks so much for having me here. I'm so happy that you're here. And I'm so 
scared and happy to have this conversation about LinkedIn with you. I got to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. I think most people probably are when they hear about LinkedIn. Uh, Okay. So I'm going to be straight because the last podcast episode that we had on LinkedIn, I literally had the same conversation with Vivica Von Rossen, who's a good friend of mine. I was like, okay, I have to get my LinkedIn up to date before your show actually goes live. So that's going to be my commitment to you again. But I'm a lot (laughs) further along than where I was back when I talked with her years ago. But I'm excited to have you on because LinkedIn is a social media platform that not too many people really enjoy being on. And yet it is such a powerful platform for search and for so many other things. And when you and I started kind of having the discussion about what you know, I was like, Ooh, can you come and share some of those nuggets? That's pretty awesome. (laughs) So thank you for being here. Absolutely. So in order to give everyone a little bit of a backdrop as to why you are someone to listen to when it comes to LinkedIn stuff, can you talk a little bit about your business and maybe why you have this experience with LinkedIn thus far? Sure. I've been using LinkedIn for a very long time. I've been in business for myself since 2005. And prior to that was in the corporate world. And so corporate types tend to use LinkedIn. And I think it's been around since 2002. And I was definitely one of the earlier adopters. LinkedIn has changed a lot over the years. And in the beginning, it was online resume. Some people are still treating it that way, but it's definitely changed since then. But I've been using it since almost the beginning. And when I went freelance and was self-employed, I really started to use it more. And then in the last few years, as I shifted my work more towards corporate clients, I've definitely learned how to really maximize the site. I do writing for corporate clients. And those are like the ideal kind of people to be finding on LinkedIn. I love it. And I think it's worthwhile, like anyone who really wants to deepen their relationships with corporate clients, this is kind of a must, must do, right? Yes. But you mentioned, and I know we're going to get into all this juice, but like you mentioned too, like if you want to be seen as, for example, someone who should be chosen to speak, whether paid or even for free, if you want to be chosen for maybe some media stories, like basically, if you want to be seen out in the quote unquote professional space, you really need to be taking the time to do this. If you want to represent yourself as an authority, LinkedIn is one of those really important places to show that because a lot of people, it's one of their first go-to places when they're going to search someone. I know as somebody who used to be a member of the media and was looking for people to interview, LinkedIn was one of those go-to places for me when I was searching for an expert in a certain topic. I wanted to look for your credentials and that's a great way to do it because people tend to put a lot of that, more of their straight up credentials and experience on LinkedIn than they even do on their website. So it's a really great place for people who are looking for speakers or for someone to quote in the media, they're going to go there to see what information they can find about you. And they're going to be searching there. So if you want to show up in those search results, then you need to be there and have your profile really optimized. And let's not even talk about like the SEO factor that you get out of LinkedIn versus even your website. Like you could have your, let's say your speaker page or sort of your bio or all of your credentials on your website. But if somebody's doing a search on a particular topic that you are sort of known for or you have optimized on LinkedIn, that social media profile is going to come up a lot higher in a search than your website would usually, right? Yes. And that's something people don't always think about. I mean, when you search your own name in Google, when you Google yourself, you will find that on that first page, very often, sometimes you're lucky enough, your own website comes up 
first. Usually it comes on the first page, but what's almost always there are your big social media profiles. If you have Twitter, if you've got a Facebook page, if you've got LinkedIn, they're showing up. If you're not really using your LinkedIn, you set that profile up when you graduated college or when you left your 9 to 5 job and haven't looked at it since, what are people finding when they search for you and they fall on that page? So even if you don't necessarily think of LinkedIn as something that's part of your strategy, your marketing strategy, if you have a profile, you need to be updating it. I mean, honestly, it's better to either have a profile and really use it or just get rid of it because I promise you, it's going to be showing up high in those search results when people are looking for you. Remember when we talk about all these conversations we've had recently on the podcast about personal branding and how that's marrying with your business brand? Like, this is kind of where it lives. You know, this is one of the many places where it actually lives. And it's sort of like, if people are searching, what do you want them to see when your name comes up? So get rid of that picture from 10 years ago. <laughs> yes, get, you know, have copy and. You know, make sure your current business is represented there. Make sure that keywords are in there. So anyway, let's get into the juice of this, okay? So walk us through some initial steps that somebody should take. And let's start this with the assumption that I haven't really been optimizing my LinkedIn. I have a profile. I'm kind of up to date on it. But I have not been really like optimizing it. Give us a little bit of a landscape of what should be there. What is ideal to be there within our profile? Well, that's a good assumption because I will say in my experience, that's where most people are. Most people are still using LinkedIn like it's an online resume or an online Rolodex. And for a lot of people, they really think that's kind of the extent of what LinkedIn is. And the truth is people who are really, really using it are having amazing results. So there are, there's a lot more that you can do than just go in and say, here's my job title and this is my experience and leave it at that. And so the first thing I would say is... Think about it just like you do with your website when you start that whole process. We think about SEO. We think about keyword strategy. And you need to have a keyword strategy for LinkedIn too. So first and foremost, you want to know what are you using LinkedIn for? Like, What are your goals? So if your goal is to be found as a speaker, that's probably going to lead to a different keyword strategy than if your goal is to be found for whatever service or product you provide versus if you want to be found for media as an expert in your field. And if it's all of those, you may need to think through too how you can incorporate all of the keywords. But so... Understanding what you're hoping to accomplish and then creating a list of keywords, you know, maybe five to 10 keywords and phrases that you really want to be found for. How will those people that are searching for whatever that is, how will they be looking for that for you, for that person? And come up with that list. And then that you're going to start to use to pepper throughout your profile from top to bottom and throughout the content that you're sharing, which is another big piece, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly. So my first step is just really come up with a strategy and a plan. Love that. Okay. Why are you using LinkedIn? What do you want it to showcase for you and come up with 5 to 10 keywords and phrases that you can now pepper throughout your profile and your content? Okay, cool. Got that. What's next? Step 2. And honestly, this is the thing that I teach all the time to people. And they're always like, really? It seems so simple. But I assure you, having done this now for quite a while, I have a course on this. Like I talk a lot about LinkedIn and I've talked to a lot of people and I spend a lot of time there. You do this one thing that I'm about to tell you, you will be leaps and bounds ahead of about 95% of people on LinkedIn. When you search for somebody, it comes up with their name. And then it has that little line that most people use as their job title. And then it says where you're from. Now, you can't change your name. You can't change where you live. Like Those are set things. So the only thing you have any control over... And then your photo's there, which is you. So the only thing you really can control and change and optimize in those search results is that little line that most people put job title or company name. So if I search photographer and you come back, my search results come back and there you are and it says photographer, I've learned nothing about you or what you do. And if your company name is what shows up, 
that may tell me even less if your company name has nothing to do with photography. So the one most powerful thing I think you can do that literally takes like 10 seconds is go in there and change that. And you should not only say what you do, but say who you do it for and what are the results they can expect. It's a subtle, small change and you don't have a lot of space. This is like, it's basically it's your tagline. And hopefully if you have a really great tagline or mission statement, you can just plop that in. So mine says content marketing that helps B2Bs turn browsers into buyers. So now when someone search for content marketing, there's going to be a lot of people that show up with content marketing in their title. But now if my ideal client looks for it and they say, wow, she works just with B2Bs. That's me. That's great. And look, she says she's going to turn my browsers into buyers. Now they're like, wow, this person works specifically with me and look at the results I'm going to get. I'm far more likely to get a click than all the other people on that page that have nothing but content marketing as their title. So it's a really small change, but boy, oh boy, is it big. One person just yesterday was telling me they made that one change and it has already dramatically increased the number of people that they have searching and clicking on them every day. Love that. That is a giant nugget. Promise me, you listening, when you are out of your car or done with your run or whatever you're doing or cooking dinner, whatever you are doing right now, promise me that that's the first thing you do because it is so simple and it can get maximum results. Way to go. Love that, Becky. Awesome. Okay. Next move. Let's do this. We're on a roll. All right. Well, that's my favorite. But now let me talk about summary, which is that area. So once somebody does click on you, I mean, like I said, there's not a lot you can do in that search results control somebody clicking on you, but that one little change can do it. So now you're going to start to see your clicks increase, people actually clicking on your profile. That number is going to start to go up. So now what are they going to see when they get there? So the next big section that people will see is the summary, which is the thing that comes right underneath your photo and name and this new tagline we put in. And they there, a lot of people have really long, really boring content. What you want to do is break it up into small paragraphs. You can do bulleted lists. You can have a little list that just says your specialties with a bunch of words, but you want to pepper in those keywords in that area. And you want to make sure that, again, it's customer focused. I know it's your profile. <laughs> But really, it's not about you because you're wanting other people to respond to you and choose you, whether it's choose you as a speaker, choose you as a service provider, or choose you as somebody they're going to quote as an expert. But it's really about them. So now you need to be writing this for them. What are you going to provide them? How will you help their business? How are you going to help them in what they're doing? So think about what you're putting there and make sure that it's less you-focused and more them-focused. Make sure you break it up. Make sure it has your keywords. And the other big thing is make sure it includes the call to action. This isn't an area where you can have something that is clickable, but still it's one of the only areas that a lot of people are even going to look at. So they may not make it over onto the sidebar that has your actual contact information, but if they read this and they're interested, you want to let them know how they can find you. So include your email address and include your website. Make it easy for people to find you and to learn more. Love that. And I love that paradigm shift is that instead of it being about like, oh, here's the resume, here's everything about me, here's a description about me, it is very you-focused. For And by the way, it's probably worth noting at this point that it's about the one person who is looking at your profile at that particular moment and not speaking to the masses, right? It's not like, hey, if you all are interested, here's where everyone comes to get help from me. But it's more like you, you're speaking in those particular phrases. That is a big differentiator is basically speaking to that one person who's looking at your profile. And that's where having that strategy is important, knowing why you're using LinkedIn. Because if you're clear about that, it makes it much easier to write that section because you know exactly who you're writing for and what the end game is. 
Love this. By the way, this is a nice little call to action that if you have not really worked on who your avatar is anytime recently, it's probably a good time to go do that (laughs) so that you can be really clear on who you're talking to. So love that. Okay, cool. So we've dealt with our summary now. What else? Well, now I want to talk about kind of, if you don't mind, how LinkedIn sort of works its algorithm. Because as we know, with every social media site out there, they each kind of function differently. And it can be terribly frustrating when you're like, why am I not showing up? Facebook and Instagram, they're all constantly changing their algorithms. Here's what I know about how LinkedIn works for search. So if you want to show up, there's several things you have to do. First and foremost, you have to use the site. We talked about keywords, and that's definitely one way you show up, right? You, If you're using the right keywords, you'll show up. But you also have to be using the site. And that means showing LinkedIn, Hey, I'm here and I care about your site. Because LinkedIn, just like any other platform, is going to give more weight to the people that are actually using its site. It's the same thing on Facebook. As we know, Like the more you're using it and people are interacting with you and you're interacting with people, the more you start to show up in search results. And LinkedIn's the same way. So people will say to me, Well, how am I supposed to use LinkedIn? That doesn't make any sense. It's just an online resume, right? We still think of it that way. But the truth is, there are plenty of ways to engage with the site. And one of the most powerful and effective, I think, is content. So you can start sharing content and that tells LinkedIn, Hey, this user is here and they care. And so there's a couple of ways to do that. But I would say the two primary ways that are of most interest and most relevance are to share updates and then to share original content. And so updates is just like in Facebook where you do a status update and you can... It can be anything. It can be tips. It can be quotes. It can be questions. It can be links to articles. What I would say is just make sure you follow that traditional kind of 80-20 rule where 80% of what you're sharing is other people's stuff or non-promotional. And then only like 20% of it is links to your own blog post or to your website or to your latest promotion. The goal here really with status updates is less about trying to get people to click on anything and more to show LinkedIn, Hey, I'm alive and I'm participating. So make sure you're remembering me in search results. The other big thing you want to do is to create original content. LinkedIn has its own publishing platform, kind of like its own microblogging. It's called Pulse. But the whole point is to share original content. The goal here is more to show your expertise. So when someone clicks on your profile, right below that summary section comes this area where it talks about your activity. And that's where it's going to show all of your latest status updates and then all the articles you've published. If you have no articles, it's going to say, no articles. That doesn't really look that great. Yeah. Well, articles... I was going to say, it's not only showing LinkedIn that you're active, but like anyone who's coming to see is going to look automatically like, do they have current content here? Yep. And then they're going to click on that and say, oh, wow, this person knows their stuff, which is important if you want to be again, quoted or a speaker, but and obviously important if you want someone to hire you. You want to be showing off your expertise and LinkedIn is a great way to do that. So that's the other important thing that you can be doing for establishing that you are alive and there and participating is putting out content. And then it also has this great bonus of showing off your expertise, which is really important. I love that. Can you give any advice to like how to engage on LinkedIn, meaning that you're showing up to be active with other people? Like it's not just you because... Okay, so you're making all these posts and comments. Like, Is it ideal for you to be there and engage with other people's posts and comments like that? And if so, what kind of ideas and strategies should we follow for that? Yes. And... It's just like anywhere else. If people are liking your stuff and you're not liking anyone else's stuff, they may start to get frustrated and not like your stuff, right? Until you reach a certain critical mass where then it's like, it doesn't matter. I don't think Richard Branson from Virgin, who's very big on LinkedIn, 
probably spends a lot of time liking other people's posts, but he doesn't have to. But for the rest of us, I think we do really need to still be there and participating, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's one of the things I really like about LinkedIn because I don't think it's all consuming as a lot of other sites because there's no personal element. It's easy to get sucked in on a lot of other sites because suddenly you've fallen down some wormhole of looking at somebody else's like kids when they were 10 and like how adorable (laughs) they were. And you're like, wait a minute, what just happened to my day? Right, right. a little less like that, although you can get sucked into some really great content because people do share really great content. But I think that it's a little easier to stay focused because everyone... And this is the thing I really love about LinkedIn and that I think some people think is boring, but I promise you it's really a benefit. When people are on LinkedIn, they are wearing their professional hats. No one's there thinking about like posting what they ate for lunch or complaining about politics for the most part. It's really people that are in business mode. And that's a really good thing for you because if people are clicking on your profile and LinkedIn, it's because they care about you professionally. That's really nice. You don't have that same guarantee on a lot of other social media sites, right? It's very true. I think that when you're on there, do your best to be liking and commenting on other people's stuff to show that you are participating. And also, by the way, if you are making connections with the right kind of people and then commenting on their stuff, it's going to put your name into their brains. The more you do it, the more you show up in their brain and the more likely they're going to remember you when they need someone who does X, Y, or Z. Top of mind, stay top of mind, consistent marketing to stay top of mind. (laughs) I love it. And you know what I love about what you said is that it doesn't feel as overwhelming as any other kind of social media platform might, because those are the ones that you typically feel like you kind of have to be there and respond immediately. And I think it's a little deeper in the personal or holistic space, meaning like it kind of encompasses a little bit of everything. But you're right, like being there on LinkedIn, you could do something as simple as like, hey, every day at noon, I'm going to show up on LinkedIn. I'm going to post my stuff. I'm going to respond to what's out there. And then I can do that. And you can kind of compartmentalize it in a really easy way. So it can work really easily. It doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. I use my scheduling. I'm now using SmarterQ. I used to use Hootsuite. Whatever you use for social media posting, you can schedule out a month's worth of LinkedIn updates in I mean, an hour or less because it's all stuff that you're already looking at anyway and sharing or coming up with some questions and quotes. It's really simple because you only need to do maybe two updates a day. It's nothing overwhelming. So you can get that all scheduled out really easily. So then it's just every day over a cup of coffee in the morning or something or at lunch, you take 15 minutes. That's it to go through and look at what's new. And by the way, you'll also probably find some really great content if you're following good people in your industry. So we're all looking for content that we can share elsewhere. So you're going to probably probably have a double whammy there of both participating and then also getting some great content. So it doesn't have to be a big time commitment, which I think is really nice. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love this because this is all very doable. It feels very doable. You go spend a little bit of time to make these updates. Is there anything that we're missing in kind of this initial like take a look at what you've got going on with your LinkedIn and try to really make the effort to do things differently? Is there anything else we're missing? Well, I want to say too, on the original content, it also does not need to be overwhelming. Some people do many thousand word articles, but really I say do 500 words. Like it does not have to be something enormous. The whole point is just to show off your expertise. So it can be broken down into really small, easy to write, easy to get scheduled out articles that just show off what you can do. And you can cut and paste from your blog. There's, you know, I I still am not really certain whether or not you get deemed through Google because of having duplicate content in two places. So you may want to change things up. I actually have a totally different strategy for my website than I do for my LinkedIn. So I just do a 
original content, which deletes that concern. But you can always just change things up a bit. But just don't make it overwhelming. It doesn't really have to be. And make sure also with the content you're creating that you keep that keyword strategy in mind. It just really comes back to like for everything social media related, we can, I think for every, every businesswoman, like we can really get into that mind space of like, oh my gosh, it's too much. We need to be doing everything all at once and being like phenomenal on every single platform all the time. And so I feel like if you break it down and start with what Becky's saying, start with the strategy in mind, then all of your actions that you take for all of these tweaks that you're making for LinkedIn, how you're showing up to LinkedIn, it's so much more intentional, which means you're saving a lot of time, which means that you're saving a lot of energy because you're not thinking about the 8,000 things that you quote unquote should be doing. You're actually just taking actions that are in line with the ultimate strategy of this particular social media platform. I just love that. I would love to also then offer a little bit of grace to people and say that you don't need to do it all. And so for me, LinkedIn is by far the my biggest referral source. At least half or more of my income every year comes from people who find me through LinkedIn. And to be clear, they are finding me. I'm not spending time finding them. Because I've done all of this stuff, I'm showing up and people are finding me. And what I would say is, Take a breath and don't feel like you have to do it all. I don't participate in groups on LinkedIn. You can and some people have great success. And if that's something you want to do, go for it. But don't feel like you have to. And also, I have a company page, but only because when you click on my company on LinkedIn, I want it to go somewhere and look professional. But I don't use it. And if you are a solopreneur, you really don't need to be worried so much about a company page on LinkedIn. You can create one. You can make sure that it looks nice. But don't feel like you're needing to be sharing content in two places and that it's overwhelming. Just focus on on your personal profile. And if groups are too much, don't worry about them. Most people have pretty hit or miss success with groups in LinkedIn. So I wouldn't worry about it. For me, I would say the most important things are optimizing that bio, sharing content. And then the last thing that we didn't really talk about yet, but that I would is making connections. Okay, go into deeper there. I think I know what that means, but go ahead and describe that. Well, as I was talking about earlier, how LinkedIn's algorithm works, I talked about keywords and that's important. I talked about using the site, showing it you're alive and engaging. That's important. The other big thing is having connections because LinkedIn is built on this foundation of connections. You know, that's probably why a lot of us still think of it as that Rolodex because it sort of started that way. But if you want to show up in search results, you need to have connections because you only show up in the search results of people that you are connected with or they're connected with, which is called first and second connections. But any degree beyond that, you don't show up in search results. So if you only have two connections and they only have a handful of connections, the possibility for how much you can show up is pretty darn limited. So the more connections you have, the more that grows exponentially because now each new connection you get, you get access to all of their connections. So the more you have, the bigger this like tree, just think of it like a tree with all these limbs that keep and leaves coming off of it. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So the old school thinking, and I think there are still people who feel this way. And ultimately, I always say everyone has to do what's right for them. But people have previously thought like, I can't connect with somebody unless I've met them in real life. Or I can't, if I connect with this person, I need to know if I really believe in them because it's my connecting with them is somehow saying that I endorse their skills. And most people now, heavy users of LinkedIn, do not look at it that way. And they don't, no one's going to think, oh, you're connected with whoever. That must mean they know them in person or they must think they're really good. And I'm just going to hire them based on this shared connection. That just doesn't happen. So I accept almost all connection requests, unless it's a clear spammer. And the truth is, I get very little spam through LinkedIn. And I think people are very afraid of that, but I don't get much. Now, 
it does happen. And I'm not going to claim it doesn't, but it's pretty easy to then block somebody and be done with it. But for the most part, I think because LinkedIn's still very underutilized, people aren't really doing a ton of that spamming on there, which is really nice. But the more connections I have, the wider my network becomes and the more I'm showing up in those search results. So the people who have the most success with LinkedIn, I think, are those who make it like their knee-jerk reaction to immediately connect on LinkedIn. I just met somebody... I'm going to connect with them on LinkedIn. Oh, I just had this conversation in a Facebook group with this other person. I'm going to connect with them on LinkedIn because they know the power of having all of those connections. So if you still aren't, you don't have that many connections, start thinking of all the people you've met or every time you meet someone new, even if it's virtually, make sure you're connecting with them there. You don't know who they know. So true. And go and approve all the connections of those people who reached out to you and now want to connect, Katie. Right. Right. (laughs) I'm talking to myself right now. I know you're listening and you're like, Katie, I've sent you a LinkedIn connection. You haven't talked to me at all. And I'm like, okay, okay. Got to approve. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Also with that... There are some strategies about making connections. And like I know I just said that you don't have to know people and you don't. But if you want to increase your chances of getting approved by somebody like Katie who doesn't know you yet and maybe is a little reticent because maybe she gets so many connection requests and she's afraid you might be a spammer, how do you make sure she accepts it? Well, what I like to suggest is that you actually click on someone's profile before you send a connection request and take a look. Or if you can't, for some reason, access their profile, go look them up online. But find some either common connection, whether you went to the same college or once worked for the same employer or you know someone in common or something that you really appreciate about them, an article that they wrote or a program that they've launched or something that they've done. And in that initial connection request, which has to be very short, they don't allow you a lot of space, don't send the generic one that LinkedIn automatically generates, but customize it and say, Hey, Katie, I love your podcast. That episode about whatever, LinkedIn with Becky was really great. Let's connect. (laughs) Yes. That's really going to up your chances of getting connected to people, particularly people you don't yet know in person. And then, and this is, you know, I think the real meat of it, when they accept that connection request, don't immediately hit them up with your sale. Don't say, Hey, look what I do. You want to buy it? Because guess what? They don't, they don't know you and they're not going to buy it. And you're just going to annoy them and probably get blocked. So now you've already said, Hey, I like you. Now send another one that's even more in depth about what it is that you really like about them or what you love about their business or what genuine questions you might have about them. Start a conversation. And guess what usually happens when you do that? When you've made that effort, someone's going to come back to you and give you those answers and then say, tell me about you. Now you have an opportunity to talk about yourself without doing it in a spammy way. You've actually been invited to have that conversation. That makes all the difference. Oh, such a good point. And you know why that works from the top end, i.e. that just deleting that automated default message of, Hey, I'd like to connect or whatever it is. It's because it's a pattern interrupt. If my eyes are scanning on all the requests that I'm getting, like it's a pattern interrupt if I get somebody who's actually speaking to me, actually like types out my name. I'm like, Whoa, whoa, what? But what? They mentioned this? Okay, cool. Like I'm interested now. So that makes such a big difference. Definitely. Because people just don't expect it. Because again, unfortunately, a lot of people are not using LinkedIn well. A lot of people aren't using it. And a lot of people aren't using it well. So if you make just... I mean, honestly, just subtle shifts in how you're using it will make a huge difference. It, you really... That, that's one of the things I keep saying I love about LinkedIn. But I And I know I'm a big dork who loves LinkedIn, but I do. And it's one of the things I love about it is that there's a still a market or an untapped social media channel that you have the opportunity to really stand out, which is getting harder and harder to do on most social media channels. And the thing that's really nice is you're standing out on a channel where people are in business mode. How great is that if you're looking for clients? 
I love that. And I just think that that's such a massive, like right between the eyes, That that's a huge benefit. Everyone looks at it as such a boring place. But if you really shift your paradigm into thinking like, no, everyone's in business mode. How do I take advantage of that? How do I really optimize that? Ugh, that's so brilliant. Love it. Uh, Becky, I feel like you and I could kind of like riff back and forth about LinkedIn and all of this <laughs> stuff forever. I want people to know where they can find out more about you and about your brilliance, not only around LinkedIn, but a lot of other great stuff that you have to offer. Can you share with people how they can find out a little bit more if they want to learn more about this? Sure. Well, first of all, I always like to tell people connect with me on LinkedIn because we're talking. That's going to be it. your call to action. Go do it now, right? I'm really easy to find, and honestly, I'm easy to find everywhere because I have an unusual name. So it's Becky Mollenkamp, Mollenkamp with a K. So you can find me on LinkedIn, and I will definitely connect. And then, obviously, my website beckymollenkamp.com, where you can learn more about me, my LinkedIn course, and other things that I have going on. And I will say this as a side note: Becky has a really awesome Facebook group called. Oh man, I'm going to mess it up. Own it, crush it. Oh, thank you. Own it. I always want to say, kick it, own it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the spirit of it's it. It's <laughs> the spirit. That's what counts. Own it, crush it. So you'll be able to check out more about her Facebook group as well with a lot of other awesome entrepreneurs. So Becky, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I feel like this is totally doable, totally actionable, not scary at all. And it can produce some significant results in everyone's business. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I love talking about LinkedIn. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had, I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.